You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject that I've got coming up for you is none other than former Genesis guitarist Steve Hackett. He's a genuine innovator, as you'll hear through the conversation. The reason for the conversation, though, is to promote his run of shows across Australia, and there's one date in New Zealand in July and August 2017. I'll read out some dates quickly. Friday the 28th of July, he's appearing in Auckland, then it's across the ditch to Australia. Wednesday the 2nd of August, he's appearing in Brisbane at the Tivoli. Friday the 4th of August in Sydney at the Enmore Theatre. And finally, Saturday the 5th of August in Melbourne at the Palais. So let's have a listen to what he has to say. Here we go. Um, kick off and talk about all things Steve Hackett. I just thought I'd ask for your perspective on the passing of Alan Holdsworth. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I met Alan once, um, knew him, uh, admired him, his work, and um, thought he was a terrific guitarist. And um, I was talking to my brother, um, I think, on the day that he, that he passed, and John was saying to me that apparently Alan suffered with, um, you know, nerves, uh, stage fright, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, he must have thought he was an imposter. Um, <laughs> and... Um, it's it's funny how often people who are the real thing uh, might feel they're falling short of the standards that they set themselves. I mean, I remember I'd seen him playing at a trade show with something with John Anderson, and um, and he was on obviously he was on guitar. And I said, oh, well, you know, it sounded good. And he said, oh, I didn't play well, and he wasn't, wasn't happy with his performance. But I think the rest of us just saw a very fluent player, and. Um, it's um, it's it's a weird thing the way it works. You know, I've, I've met all sorts of musicians, some of whom consider themselves to be absolutely divine. And yes. at the other end of the scale, you get someone who's as modest as Alan, who had no reason to be modest. But there you go. Yeah, there you go. No. Very well put. Look, I'll start talking about yourself, of course, and congratulations on a sterling career. You are, put simply, one of the most revered and respected guitarists in the world today, and as I've already mentioned, you've been an inspiration to me as a guitarist, and I might add as a vocalist as well, because I'm also a musician. Um, so I might... Right, interesting. Uh, yeah. So I might ask for your take as you look back on things after. I think you've, been, you've got a recorded career that spans almost 50 years at this point. Yeah, it goes back to... In 1970, actually, I think the first uh, um, uh, album I, I made was with Quiet World, just before Genesis. Yes. Yep. Um, so just a few months before meeting Genesis, it was really, it was that. Yeah. And um, what's fan reaction been like to the new album, Night Siren? Uh, it's been very good. Um, uh, fan reaction has been very good, and um, um, the... Um, Response of media has been very good, and it's also charted in, in three territories. Wonderful, um, which is nice. And there might be some more if I if I knew about it. But in, in England, Germany, and um, and in Italy, yeah, um, it's done very well indeed. In fact, in its first week, it, it almost outsold the previous um, album. So just in the first week, what with pre-orders and people picking up on it. So. Um, Response has been very good. It's um, let me be completely candid. It went to number twenty-two in the German charts, yeah. um, twenty-eight in the British charts, and I think thirty-three in um, the Italian charts. So I think those were the highest chart positions. And funny how all that works after all these years, and then consider that you're up against um, 
than there were when I first started releasing albums. And um, um, just like policemen, they're getting younger all the time. <laughs> so, so do fans purchase your your music digitally? Do you think, or are they still going for the hard copy, the CD, and if the vinyl, if that's available? Um, I think I tend to sell more um, physical product. Um, yeah. It's probably somewhere between CD and DVD, and um, uh, I should say Blu-ray, where you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. surround, um, the surround version of it um, lies. And it tends to be, uh, I think it must be a generational thing, it tends to be more 90% uh, physical, 10% download. But then, you know, there are people who uh, <laughs> keep writing in, Congratulating me on the fact that they've managed to illegally download my album. <laughs> well, thanks very much. It'd be nice if you. Uh, yeah, at least turn up to the show and buy a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's. Uh, but hey, you know, uh, are we doing albums in order to advertise touring, or, or, or is it the other way around? Yeah. You know, obviously, um, uh, the emphasis has changed in uh, in recent years, but uh, I still believe in albums. You know, I could be saying this to some people saying, you still believe in fairies? Yes, I still believe in albums. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, just like fairies, they've been marginalized and, and um, received too much bad publicity. But I, I, I believe in, in, in uh, um, yeah, the fight back of, of, of yeah. audio. And um, I think you just have to make as good an album as you possibly can. And um, it doesn't have to be regarded as a dis- That'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I knew about Jack Bruce, but tell me. Speaking of um, of of musical uh, musical idols and geniuses that have, have passed again, do you have a relationship with Bowie? With Bowie, no, I never actually met Bowie. Funnily enough, I was at something that I was invited to by Eno at one point, and um, it was an absolutely star-studded occasion. And I I saw him standing there, and um, I just had the feeling that he was giving off that you don't just go up to David Bowie and, and tell him who you are and why yeah. you like him. Um, but, um, so yes, it came close, but had a mate wandered by and said, oh, have you met David? Uh, well, I said, yeah, oh, no, nice to meet you. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yes, it was at a function with Paul McCartney and, and Kate Bush, to mention but a few. It was an absolute staff occasion, but I always... And having had uh, experiences in the past that 
the lessons that I, I always wait to be introduced by someone you know, to someone of yes. enormous stature. Yeah, gotcha. That way. Gotcha. Have you had okay? So just on that note, there have you had any mini mini unusual fan experiences? So do you get the hero worship thing from from some fans, and they might take it a bit too far, or they try to get a bit bit too involved in you personally? Um, well, I think um, if we do, it's because um, you know my wife and I you know, for the past ten years we've had a kind of open door po- uh, policy. Uh, it, it's meant that it's increased the fan base because we don't really distinction between friends and fans, but we do have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I've got 10 minutes to get on stage, therefore I can't continue talking to you. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, I think it's about as unstarry as you can get. I, I figured that everyone is, is, is on an equal footing. Yeah. And I've had more, far more positive experiences with fans than I've had... Um, Crazy. Yeah, I probably says something about what you, the sort of people your music attracts to. I wouldn't dare to suggest, you know. So uh, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that. I'm, I'm always trying to uh, explain the fact that I'm extremely human and flawed, just along <laughs> with everyone else. And um, yeah. there's plenty of room for improvement. I've always said this. So um, I never, um, I've never really adopted the mantle of what you're talking about. Um, uh, I think that would be uh, quite uncomfortable. I, I, I've seen people who, who are a- absolutely at the top of Olympus living in that goldfish bowl, and I know it's, it's a huge pressure, so I quite enjoy the fact that I'm at, uh, and I always have been at the stage where yes, yeah. a few people will recognise me, but I can walk down any street and not, uh, and not be bothered. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know John Lennon said the same thing at one point, and he was wrong, but... Um, Mm-hmm. Fatally, but um, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Okay, so if I if I want to travel on the tube, I can I can do that. You know, on the subway, the tube. If I yeah. want to get on a bus, I can I can do that. But at the same time, um, uh, unfortunately, I think you know, the the downside of the business is you can't just sit um, at home in Teddington in London and um, and just sell records. You, you've got to go out there and meet sure. people. You've got to do that, and I think people can confuse the product with um, with the person. Yeah. Um, and all sorts of stuff can ensue from that. But I think in the first rush of success with Genesis, it was much more a case of um, perhaps the public was at times a tad more hysterical. Whereas now, I think that there, you know, there are long-term yeah. listeners who have grown up. You're not wrong, and you've just touched on Genesis there. That that kind of leads into my next question. So, you're actually a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee with Genesis. And to what extent do you think your tenure in Genesis defines your music to this day? Um, well, there's something that I remember Phil Collins saying years and years ago when we first met up, and I was about to join the band. I think back the first day I joined, he said to me, "We're bound to influence each other." And you know, after then. I hadn't really been working successfully with a team of musicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, five years of ads in the back of Melody Maker uh, put me in touch with hundreds of musicians, but none of the situations seemed to either last or were quite right. Yeah. And, um, uh, of course, 
we did. He was absolutely right. We did influence each other, uh, and we were always trying to make it better. Um, but I could probably define each of them, you know, with one word and say, you know, I would, when I write a song these days, um, I try to use each of, 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 of the absolutes um, that the group brain had, each satellite, if you like, or each planet revolving around a, an imaginary sun looking at music. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I was to define you know, Tony's strength, I would say it was harmony. Um, if it was, um, you know, Mike's, it would probably be romance mm-hmm. and something heavy as well. He liked it heavy and he liked romantic stuff, so he was sure. a sort of walking contradiction. Uh, he was very imaginative, very uh, inventive, all of that. So he was always really looking for the new. Um, um, Phil was rhythmically very, very gifted. Yeah. Um, and you have to remember that for the first few years he was not the lead singer. Of, that's of that's right, yeah. To some extent, I think, biding his time. Um, but, he, you know, he had the ability to be able to take a melody that was in any, um, any time signature and completely change it instantly. And, you know, we used to joke about this. And, and he said, yeah, you know, I said, well, what about the Swedish Rhapsody? And he would say, yeah, okay, the big band version of that would go good. I think so, yeah. have to have a sort of brooding sort of mixture of mystery and um, yeah. imagination and I would have to take it somewhere, that sort of travel on to some strange place. I don't accept that I was the dark one, you know, and I think that's too... Um, yeah. Uh, um, I think it's much more uh, than that because there's a, a storytelling aspect and a romantic thing and, and particularly in recent years more of a world music orientation. So... Uh, my, my approach, I like to think, is, is pan-genre, where I'll listen to everything and try and use yeah. something, like, if I think it's right, from jazz and blues and rock from pop, classical, uh, flamenco, and so on it goes. You know, I don't have prejudice, so I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to have a million seller um, by narrowing the field down and, and specialising. I'm completely the opposite. I'd rather be, um, I'd rather take a leaf out of Bruce Lee's Look, the rest of them, you know, yeah. Bruce, Bruce Lee said, you've got to be like water, man, you've got to take from this, you've got to be flexible, you, got, you take from these different schools, and I thought, yeah, well, this has been me, you know, uh, sketching in a number of styles for years, and um, every now and again you get to do a full portrait. Um, yeah. I, I never wanted to get so good at one thing that it ended up pigeonholing me. Uh, I always wanted to move around, I think, from pretty good back onwards, first time I did when I left Genesis. Um, I had the idea that I was going to do a uh, personal equivalent of one of those CBS sampler albums in the late 60s uh, where you'd get Simon Garfunkel next to The Grateful Dead, next to Roy Harper, next to Leonard Cohen, and, and so on and so forth. And there was no centre to it except that it was one record label that signed up all these different individual people, the zombies. And I, I thought, wouldn't it be nice to do an album where I, I had absolutely no identity, no ego, yeah. but that I just bring people together, uh, European players and, and black American, and um, so I could work with Chester Thompson, get his take on on rhythms, and I could work with Randy Crawford, who was unheard of in, in, uh, in, in our part of the world, 
uh, at that point, and, and yep. Richie Havens, who was known, but was thought of as a 60s figure, but I saw him much more universal, and then he, he um, got to work with Peter Gabriel in uh, later years, yeah. working on the story of Ovo with him, so I wasn't wrong, you know, with my choices of all those people who who either yeah. became or, or had been and continued to uh, stars in uh, the firmament. You might have already answered it here, but I'll ask the question. So Genesis is one of those bands that spawned four commercially successful solo careers. Why do you think that was the case? I think it's because there was an emphasis on writing. Um, everyone was either a writer or an aspiring writer. Yes. And that means we were aspiring arrangers and players and singers and God knows what. Um, but I think because at, from the very beginning, if you wanted to get Genesis to do one of your songs, um, it had to be, and I've got to use a more modern um, expression that I first heard from the Hungarians, uh, through composed, you know, something had to be thorough, perhaps. Yeah. Now, if I was to look back, I would think of, you talk about composers, Sara or through composed, it would be the work of Bach. Stands alone, perhaps. Yeah. Um, uh, for the rest of us, perhaps um, it's a bit like a, a playwright saying, "Well, Shakespeare has done everything." Yeah. Um, you know, the rest of us are just left with a footnote or the crumbs. <laughs> and you could say the same, having witnessed the rise of and being involved with Lennon McCartney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Having observed uh, that. Yeah. You know. You think, well, yeah, these guys who started out playing their own instruments and it's simple stuff, and then uh, they've got the maturity of down tools and let other musicians take over to be able to do things that they couldn't do themselves or didn't want to do. And um, I guess their shoulders were broad enough. Yeah, gotcha. To not feel threatened. Yeah, it's a really good point, that one. See, I think that's some measure of, of the growth is to say that we can't do that. I think Genesis was was different in that um, Genesis had the idea that we should all do it within the group and um, and we shouldn't get outside of it, which was anathema to me because uh, I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice if we turned into an orchestra rather than like the Beatles once we can afford that? Why wouldn't yeah. we get in the best rather than, um, you know, labour on with, with, with personal limitations? But hey, that's a whole different philosophy and that's why I have a solo... Yes. Um, approach yeah no fair enough um your relationship with the former members of genesis um what's that like to this day well i think because the band are very competitive i think you know we're we're, we're, we're personally uh, always open to each other yeah um but but i think you know there's this competitive thing at, at, at the center of it and um um it all depends, you know, what what the god you worship. Is it your chosen instrument? Is it influencing other people? You know, is it um, social comment? Is it the amount of records that you sold last week? And I, and I know there's a different emphasis with each of, sure. of the guys within Genesis. Um, I've got a different take on, on this. You know, success for me is, is something quite different. I think, than, than, than the kind of success that, that Tony wanted. I, I think that, you know, Tony's idea was, you know, very gifted guy. Uh, 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 but, you know, he, he, the best moment in, in his life was 
up to enter number one. Sure, yeah. Um, mm. Gotcha. Uh, for mm. me, I've had hits, but it's not about the hits. <laughs> it's about yeah. something I like to think a, a little more than, 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 than number crunching. It's, it's, um, yeah, I think you're, you're, a, you're an artist's artist. Yeah. Need, I don't need to be number one. Um, I've always thought that there was room for improvement. Um, I realise I can always play better. Yeah. I'll always write a better tune. Um, there's always room for improvement. So um, I realise whatever it is with music that I'll, I'll be doing for the rest of my life, um, um, I've always got to adopt this master and pupil thing. Mm, okay. Um, the pupil in me um, wants to get it right. By the time I've recorded something and got it absolutely right, I'll look at it and I'll think, well, this is as close to masterful as it needs to be. Mm. Uh, live, you take a running jump at it. But I want to be able to surprise myself too. And unless you leave room for uh, improvisation, yeah. leave yourself room to fail. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, really interesting point that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think you know, people have different different backgrounds. You know, I I suspect that most very gifted keyboard players come from very driven, strict parents who possibly don't ever hand out compliments in the way that um they should be. So I, I suspect that, you know, keyboard players have suffered from a lack of encouragement to to the point where it may leave them sociologically in the fetal stage, um, mm -hmm. but be completely developed in another sense. Yes, gotcha. Yeah, so they might not, they might not feel confident in expressing themselves, but from a technical standpoint, they're brilliant. Yeah, I think so. I think I think you know that that, and, and, and you can't argue that that um, uh, as far as we know, um, it, it is possible to access more harmonies in one go on keyboard than, um, than on fretboard, <laughs> but on the other hand, well, let's, I, it's got something else. So, you're, I'll just ask a question about your guitar playing, sorry, I'm just mindful of time as well, so I've got two more questions. So, your tone your tone and phrasing is, is quite unique. I've always felt you're one of those guitarists who's very, I can quickly identify that I'm listening to Steve Hackett, even if I don't know the song. And that's usually through right. your tone and phrasing. So, how much of your sound is technique, and how much of it is actual is is gear? Oh well, um, unlike singers, where the singer lives and acts the song, and he he or she is the instrument, um, the rest of us have to go through wires and bits of wood, and, and mm. um, but to get a, to get to the point where you feel at one with that instrument. Um, is something that we look for time and time again. Um, yeah. I, 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 a few days ago, I did a gig in Hamburg, and suddenly I felt I had I had had a visit, and everything I went for came off. And the the the, the, the music was moving me rather than the other way around. Yeah, they're magic, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and that, you know, those are the moments that, 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 that we look we look for. You know, those moments thinking, oh, I can try this, I can try that. You know, I'll step out further on on this taut wire here, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a back somersault on, while I'm doing that uh, circus act. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's extraordinary when those things happen, and uh, your feet feel like they're, they're <laughs> lifting off from the ground, and yeah, um, someone else has walked in, 
um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a wonderful moment. I live for that, actually, I think, in music yep. more than anything else. I live for the moment where I can stand aside and this superior force kicks in. Yeah. And um, I'm just channeling it, whatever it is. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had that, that moment very few and far between, but I can actually identify with it, you know. But, it's, you, uh, but you know what I mean, don't you? Yeah, you I do know exactly what you're saying. Where, yeah. where everything you, that, that night, where everything you go for comes off. Yeah. That's a reward. You're merely, you're merely a conduit for what God wishes to express, excuse the, you know, the metaphor, Nothing but that's what like it feels that. like. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So my final question for you is, what's your relationship been like with Australia over the years? Well, the thing about Australia is I've, I've never been, and I was always hoping to visit, and my late great pal, uh, John Wetton, uh, said to me, you know, even at the height of his fame with Asia, he said um, Australia never happened for them, uh, or not for him. Yeah. And um, we were both saying, yeah, well, maybe one day it will happen for us. <laughs> and um, uh, so I'm absolutely thrilled that it's happening. You know, it is the lost continent. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's never been possible. I, I haven't avoided it, quite the reverse. It's just the invitations never quite come and landed on my table, although they didn't approach one of the managers I had at one time. But, you know, that that news never reached me. And, yes. Um, so I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing it, genuinely. And, and, you know, my wife and I, we love to travel. So, um, of course, she wants to see all of it, and she realizes that, sadly, you know, we're going to be on a work schedule, and um, yeah, yeah. And there isn't, we know already, there isn't going to be a time to do a fraction of what she wanted to do. So it's it's a mere introduction, I suspect. Yeah, well, there's there's plenty of people that are really looking forward to the gig. I can assure you. You know, obviously, I'm in touch oh, with them. Too the musician community, mate, and there's a lot of people that have been waiting on bated breath for you to, to announce a tour. And I've got to say, too, congratulations on the video to Behind the Smoke and the, and the song oh, as well. I'm glad you like that. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad. Yeah, we did that in Serbia, and uh, they did a great job, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I, I really, this this is a really good album for you to tour on the back of. It's a very strong album. All of your albums are very strong. You're one of those artists where... There's no troughs or valleys. It's it's all very consistent. But this record here, that song in particular, I thought was a really good choice for a video. So congratulations again. I'm glad you I'm glad you like that. Yeah, it, it mm. felt like there was something there um, uh, over and above uh, the music. And um, it was my wife who came up with uh, the idea for the lyrics. So um, I'm eternally grateful to her for all sorts of things, including that. Wonderful. And unfortunately, mate, uh, we, we've run out of time. There'll be another one phoning in. So yeah, no worries, mate. Like to leave it there. Thank you so I'll much. Speak to you in future. Absolutely, Thank mate. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, mate. All the best. Okay. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was Steve Hackett, the former guitarist in Genesis. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>